You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. Welcome to the For Love of the Land podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. Each week, we're interviewing guests from across America. They all have one thing in common. They all are tied to the land. So if you're like us and you love all things land, welcome home. Welcome to another For Love of Land podcast. This is Adam Keith and Matt Dye. And big thank you and a happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. No doubt. This is a special, special week. Um, I know, obviously, your dad, Adam, you know my dad. And, and we are truthfully, truthfully blessed to have both those guys in our in our lives um and man this is just a tribute to the dads out there yeah for sure you know what is weird i hit the record button and started talking about father's day and it kind of clicked with me oh wait this I, is your this first is, father's day this is my first father's day as well so congratulations to you too well thank you i mean uh a milestone and, and something that now okay even your own perspective on a day like this or a week like this, it's not quite Father's Day yet, but um, as as you're getting close to celebrate it, completely changes. No, for sure, for sure. Um, and and you know we were thinking about what to do this podcast on, um, and we actually thought we'd missed the window yeah. to do this, but yeah. sure enough, <coughs> we had sixteenth yet. So this is a podcast devoted to fathers and. We're going to share some stories on our dads, so both of our dads just went, uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, shoot. They don't listen. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> My dad does. Does he really? Yes, he does. At work? Uh, no. Uh, I, at, at home? home? Yeah. My mom will play we'll it, it for him, really? and he'll, he'll oh, listen that's funny. to it. Yeah. I don't know if he listens it, to every one of them, but he listens yeah. to some. It's Especially like the, if he gets mentioned, he, yeah, gets, yeah. he listens. It's probably like... Uh, you know that you've seen like those old like 1950s uh, commercials where like the whole family's huddled around the radio. I just picture yeah. you and your, I mean your mom and him around like the cell phone <laughs> these days, just saying on a Friday night, what are you doing? Yeah. Just, <laughs> We're listening to our so, son talk on yeah. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Some nope. things change. Some things never do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've got some stories on them, and then just some overall thoughts on Father's Day and ties with land. And, so, and I think that. People are like, what the heck are you talking about Father's Day? But like these these stories, and I will, I know you'll you'll certainly agree with um with this statement. But you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without the just obviously direction just in life from my dad. But um, 
just the knowledge and things that he shared about the land and working land and things like that, that kind of gave a, a base foundation and energy um, and interest into developing now into what we both do. Yep. For me, it started as a young age uh, or at a young age with dad as a very small kid walking the farm and dad, we always, he still to this day burns firewood for, for heat is a, is the main source. I don't know, probably main because he enjoys it. I um, can't tell you how many, and th- th- honestly, I wrote this down, so I don't want to get into it too early, but yeah. firewood was one of those activities that I would say from, let's, let's go six to about 12 years old. I hate it. I mean, I oh, hated it I because it was just the. I mean, there's only so many sticks that you can pick up and drag and have fun with. Yep. But I tell you what, after after that 12 to 13, 14 year age, when I started like, okay, driving, running a chainsaw myself, I liked it. It was fun. Well, at if that you're point. running the chainsaw, it's all fine. <laughs> yeah, because you're just you're the one then who's running the chainsaw, and you're just the one pointing and just moving your finger back and forth. Like, that limb go there. This year, yeah. And, yeah. How many times is. when you're the man not running the chainsaw, like if you're running the chainsaw, you just cut him. Okay, I got him right, on. Right. But the guy the guy dragging limbs, he's the one who, ugh, you didn't Pulls get on. this one, yeah, but you're you like, I it. don't want to make him come back over here. Right. So you're like, pull, you're strain your guts it. out. And you go, you pick up another stick or, or a limb that's been cut, and you try to beat that one limb off of the one that didn't get cut. It's like, ah. Yep. Man, no, just a huge part of my childhood oh, firewood. doing that. Uh, I do have yeah. a story on that. Um, and I'm the same way. Hated it as a kid. It was the most boring, boring job. Yeah. Was that my daughter? I just heard yeah. yelling in the background. Um, She's, I'm going to interrupt she your just, dad podcast. She just woke <laughs> up. Um, that and the whole, I don't know what was worse. Cutting it and trying to pile up the limbs. Or loading it in the truck and then driving it to town and then having to unload it all. I remember that like, hey, your mom, my mom would say, hey, your dad's your dad's home. He needs help unloading the wood. It's like, ah, uh. yeah. So there's a there's an absolute system to everything, and and I I like structure and like organization, but at that age. Um, when I found cutting wood super annoying, it was just annoying. Every aspect, because there was a system, was annoying. And it's like, yep. no, no, you got to load the butt logs first. You got to flip them up. And you just you get more on a load like this, and you put them up closer to the back glass so things don't roll off and butt the back glass. Yep. And then you go back to the house, and you're driving 35 miles an hour all the way home because you overloaded it. And then you get back home, and you have to put it in the storage, like in, in the shed. We had, we had like three wood sheds because that was our main source of heat too yeah. growing up. I mean, that's, that's the way we, we heated the house. Um, and so you'd put it in the shed and you had to stack it right in the shed. And then if you had overload, then you had to stack it right outside of the shed. And then once that was done at current time to actually burn the wood, you'd have to keep it stocked inside the house. So you'd wheelbarrow from these piles that you had built in the sheds all the way down. And we had a place in the basement where we'd keep it, um, and you'd stack it up and fill up, you know, the whole the whole one but one basically side of a wall. So you how often did you have to carry firewood in? We would keep we would do that like wheelbarrow five, six, seven, eight loads and fill up the basement portion once a week. Okay. We would do that like during the winter. And it all depend on how tough the winter was and stuff yeah. like that. But so you know, my parents we didn't 
my my childhood home where they still live today there's no basement right and so there's not a whole lot of place to store wood mm-hmm. so it was a daily feat of going oh, yeah. to the wood pile and and bringing armloads back yep oh yep. i remember my brother broke the glass out one time oh, he was frustrated Lord. he was trying to get inside and he hit the glass with the wood to like knock yeah whoosh, shattered it come yeah. on chad yep. unbelievable well the other thing that got me was um it was not just our family that had a wood burning stove, and that's the way he heated the house. My granddad, who, of course, most of my childhood, he we could never go and just cut wood himself and split it and do this and that. Yeah. Like that was on us and our responsibility. Yep. You know, I'm not same, complaining same about way with that. My grandma, but we had we had that house, and then we had another family. Um, it was two elderly women. There, one of their husbands had passed, and their sister in laws, and they ended up living together and had a farm that we kind of um, oversaw. And uh, they too burnt wood. And, and the funny thing was, both these ladies, um, gosh, they were maybe f- f- five foot tops, if that, more like four ten. So little women. And we had to cut these limbs and split and split and split the wood so it was light enough for them to carry. And oh. you know. You were splitting it like uh, to the size of what they sell at, it's like at, the, at the gas station yeah, where it's like, yeah. who's going to buy that? Right. And, and But they would sit there in, in the house and they just absolutely feed that wood stove. And they liked it warm. They're older. Sounds like my grandma's house. They just went through some firewood, dude. Yeah. And so it was once one of those things. It was just the chores. So basically March, we do TSI now in, in yeah. March. March... All the way through till it got too hot to cut firewood, we were cutting firewood. I yep. mean, just to get ready for the fall for these three homes. Yeah. And I just grew to hate it. And then yeah. things changed where I was like, I actually like to work with my hands and whatnot. But that was one of the things that you just did with dad. But I liked being outside at the same time. Any ever close encounters? Fallen um, trees? You, Felling no, trees? Felling um, no, but I had uh, this one time. It wasn't to my dad's fault, but he had a splitting mall. I was just being ignorant and walking around, not paying attention. And um, he brought it back up over top of his head to split. Oof. And I walked out from behind him underneath, <laughs> and bam, dark home. I mean, the back side of it. And it was right there, like the apex, where he was getting ready to, to change um, motions, where he was coming back yeah. and then moving forward. <laughs> and so like, it, it probably was just like a little tap on my head. <laughs> But, I mean, it's like a splitting ball. It bumped yeah. me on the head, and wow. that hurt. Good um, thing you were short at that point. Oh, you yeah. Tall yeah, dang, I'm right. Yeah. Uh, that sucked. But I, uh, I did one oof. thing. Uh, one time my dad was just cutting some trees down to let them kind of dry and age, mm-hmm. and uh, and I had walked off. I, I was notorious for, okay, he's going to be here, and I was like, okay, I'm going to walk. Th- I'm going to go out this way. Yeah. And I came back, and he had cut a big blackjack down. Mm-hmm. Had a great big trunk, and uh, I was, I hopped up on that trunk and was like walking through because it was like a little jungle gym. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I see him like sinking a saw into another big blackjack. Mm-hmm. He's, he drops it, and I remember his eyes when he looked up and saw me standing over in the direction that tree was going to fall. And he goes, Get out of there! <laughs> it, hit the, it hit the one end of the yeah. blackjack that I right, was right. like. It Oof. was like, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not going to be around yeah. when you're cutting. It was totally my fault. But, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, being a dumb kid, but that's yeah. it. Well, and my dad had a somewhat of a close call at one point. He was basically there was a, a lot that had been clear, and he went, and he, basically because he was a home builder and stuff like that, yeah. and he went back, and um, they 
piled up the, these logs and one one branch had a lot of tension on it and um he kind of misinterpreted the tension and started to cut and cut and it popped loose and came back and hit him basically his bottom lip and drove that lip over top of his teeth. his bottom teeth and his teeth were poking through his lip so he had to like <laughs> lift it up over the teeth <laughs> yeah and got a he's got a little bit of a, a scar there from that, yeah. but I, I wasn't around for that. I, I didn't see that. And that would have been pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, I've been like, where's your math guard, Dad? Yeah, but it's it's those lessons though too that you hear and you learn, and and, and I know that you didn't just when it comes to cutting firewood, you just didn't pick up a saw and, and start cutting. Like you sat there and you're pretty much forced to watch for years and years and years and years of what yeah. not to do and yeah. how stupid things happen. And, um, you just learn. And, and then when you do have the chance to pick up a saw, you're like, Oh yeah, I, I've, I've seen dad in this position before I've seen he yeah. cutting from here and, and, you know, not, not like this and whatnot. And, uh, you just, you learn by observing <laughs> and you just I'll, I'll don't share make one. Do not do this to our listeners. But for me, I've watched dad use a chainsaw all these years. And when I got to use one, finally, it was like, wait, there's a break on this thing. Is oh, that what yeah. this is for? Yeah. I never What's this saw, black bar in I front never of the saw handle, dad, dad use this. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And so I, I just, one of those things that always just ingrains in my mind is the smell of sawdust. Yeah. And obviously chainsaw fuel being burnt, but um, just Carhartt Brown. Dad yeah. had Carhartt overalls and a Carhartt jacket he'd wear just all the time from, yeah. that, I'd say, I said March earlier, but February, March time frame. Yeah. Dude, that was just woodcut and season, man. Ugh. You better be ready. My tender little hands when I was young, <laughs> I'd come back every weekend. <laughs> I had blisters on them. Not uh, so much anymore. I remember... Well, shifting off of cutting wood into another story. Um, well, I'll, I'll first ask, what did you hate more in, as a young kid? Cutting firewood or when your dad was cutting firewood and you were doing all that or picking walnuts? See, I didn't have a, I never had to pick walnuts or anything. Ugh. That's that's like a, a very Missouri thing. Like Missouri walnuts, this and that. We never picked walnuts. It was just it was just never a thing thing to us and I mean we we cut the, t- the tar I out of firewood. firewood. I hated that, picking walnuts more. That and painting barn roofs. My gosh. I no, don't know what it was a thing, but every roof out there was stinking tin. And I don't know if it was just like the every 20 years you kind of do this thing. Huh. But from when I was eight till about 20, I felt like every summer some neighbor had a barn that we had to go paint. And so you just... It was See, hot. That must be a Virginia thing, because here we just let barns fall down. You just down. let them r- rust and <laughs> just, just say the heck with them. Fall them. Down, yeah. <laughs> oh, who, ne- who needs that roof anyhow? Once it's built, by golly, no more. Better stay on n- itself. No need for repair. Man, it, if it if it got rusty, um, we'd get up there, and of course you do it. You try and do it like early-ish in the morning, but still by 10 o'clock, you're standing on a reflective surface, yeah. and it's hot, and you're just painting away, man. It's silver color, and it like you just feel the underside of your chin just burning alive. <laughs> Hated I never it. had to paint. Never just and it's paint tar paint a, too, so it's super oh, yeah. thick. And you're like, yeah. you're like, you can't and go and step. Smear. No, oh my gosh, <laughs> so annoying. Oh man, Did that many a days. What about other farming stories? You got any? Oh man, this is one of, one of my um, favorite memories. Uh, 
I guess most most recent and, and favorite ones would be um, when before I moved out to the Midwest. Um, oh gosh, when 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 was that? Okay, so my granddad passed, and then that summer, earlier in the summer, um, the basically the first cutting. Um, I was living in Maryland, but I'd come home on the weekends and help um, my uncle, my dad, and cousin cut hay. And so there was a time, and, and, and at this point, granddad, he was certainly getting older, um, and, and just you just kind of knew, okay, he's, he's getting weaker, things are just getting tough. However, he just absolutely loved to wreck hay. I mean, that was the thing, is... As soon as I started helping out in in the hay, he was always the man just on the rake. And hmm. um, anyhow, there there was a there was a day that it was a smaller field, and I have a picture of it. That's that's why I just I always kind of go back to that picture in my mind, and then 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 they're on the phone too to help document it. But um, it was beginning of that summer, and he's on the tractor. We've got rain coming in. He's there raking it into windrows. Dad's got the baler, and I'm on another tractor um, loading the bales, coming right behind Dad, picking them up and putting them on a truck and, and trailer and hauling them off. And I just I sat back as Dad was making another round. I, I guess I'd kind of gotten caught up with bales, and um, I just stopped. And I'm sitting on John Deere. There's one over here, Granddad's running, one Dad's running, in the same picture, same frame. I just thought, like, you know, how cool is this? There's there's three generations right now in this field, and, and each one, you know, doing their part to make this kind of operation um, worthwhile and and efficient. And it just kind of hit me. It's always been one of those again pictures and, cried, and time you? frames. I didn't cry then. <laughs> Later on, when he passed, I did. Um, but it's like you know, this is this is kind of what it's about. You know, everyone pitching in, being a part of this. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people, and I think you hear about it, who they don't want anything to do with the farm. You know, they they grow up and move on, and is that and that's okay. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just not for everybody. Yeah. But in that moment, it was like this is, gosh, I feel like this is like right where I should be, and and this is like I'm kind of following in, you know, granddad's footsteps, dad's footsteps, right here in front of me in this field. And it's to them and to their credit that I'm I'm here right now, obviously, but two, that I'm passionate about this. You know, all these times of spending time in the hayfield in the summers growing up or pitching square bales where it just sound you know, is so monotonous, like it meant something to us as a family. Yeah. And so they they helped instill that though. And and it was it was more than just picking up bales. It was more than just sticking the spear and, and loading a trailer, it was like, and we're doing this together. We're doing this as a family. Yeah. And, and that was important to me. Um, probably one of my earliest memories of life in general, like going back, when, do you, when can you see yourself as a kid and remember some memory from when you were two, three, four, five, whatever age? And one of my very early what I ate for breakfast yesterday. I exactly. I don't remember a lot of stuff on a day to day, but I remember some key times in my life. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever drove the tractor. It was an it was the same tractor we have on the farm today, Massey mm-hmm. Ferguson, thirty horse tractor. And Dad, we were at the ball di- ball mm-hmm. diamond and uh, driving out through it, headed towards Kingsville. Yep. And Dad said, "Just he so basically got off, took the took the bale off." 
starts rolling it out. He said, like, I'm going to roll this bale out, and you just, uh, I've got this in first gear. You just keep it driving straight towards those trees way down there, and I'll jump back on before we ever, before you even get halfway through the field. Whoo, white knuckle, and oh, I yeah. was driving that tractor. I, I was terrified. Maybe five. I don't terrified. know. I was tiny. <laughs> terrified. Yeah. And he's rolling that tractor out. And, you know, there's trees on this side, there's trees on this side, trees yeah, in front. Yeah. But it's kind of terrain no change. Escape. So in my mind, it was cliff on both sides, like the cartoon, and I'm headed inevitable towards the cliff. death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you were facing. Like, he better get back on this, or I'm gonna yeah. die. Right, right. And uh, yeah, that was the first time I ever drove the tractor, and I still remember it to this day. One one of the funniest things um, that I can there's kind of two stories wrapped up in one. My granddad had a gator, and he lived um, just off basically the farm that he grew up on. So um, it was maybe a quarter mile down the down the road, and he'd drive into the pasture field and go check cows. He'd check cows morning and evening. He'd just ride his gator, and people just that would travel that road in the mornings would get to know him. And you yeah. know, he he was just the old man on, on the his, gator, on and he's gator. always you know throw up his hand and um, whatnot. And and it was just it was funny because sometimes he thought that gator was just invincible, like he would take the gator everywhere. And he'd get it stuck. And sometimes you'd get a call, like middle of the day, oh, I got the gator stuck. Oh, can you come down here and, and help me and get it <laughs> out? Or, or you'd, you'd have to go and check on or take him dinner that night or whatever. And, oh, I got the gator stuck. Because you, know, you drive up to his house and the gator was gone. And, like, we had already taken the, the truck from him. He couldn't drive that. Oh, and so gotcha. now he had the gator and he's like, where's granddad? Like, why is he out in the middle of the day in in the field? But he just got stuck and had to walk all the way back, which – with no small feet. Jeez. One of one of the most memorable moments. I'm going to get through this, but that again always got me. He went after he got diagnosed with cancer. Not sure, like, I guess exactly where he was at with it all. But it was kind of like the day, or it was the day after he had found out and got diagnosed. And we went out, and I'm sitting in the right side of the gator, and he's driving, and we're just putzing along. And it's like, you know, it's kind of a rough ride, just bouncing around, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Dad and Mom and my sister and the truck just kind of follow us out there. And he knew every cow by name and all these things. Um, and he's there, just like slowed down and just stopped and gave me – he used to carry up like a potato rake. And so basically just pulling – hay off the hay bale in yeah. in the hay wagon to feed and it was like this is the simplest things that he would say like explaining hey now go pull from here and and do this and that and it was one of those things that like i just of course i've seen this happen 20 times i'm 20 years old i know how to feed cows i could just pull yeah. the hay off right but it's one of those things that like he just he slowed down and purposefully said do it like this and it's an and it's a no brainer, but it's like it was his way of saying, "I want to like I want to teach you. I want to yeah. pass this on." Um, and and it's just like I don't know. It just it it took me back as like he cares. This is something he's super passionate about, and he wants to share it. And I'm gonna sit here and just I'm just gonna listen, even though yeah. I could have said. Well, Grant, I know how to do it. It's something yeah. stupid. Like you show me this. I forever. just yeah, you've told me this twenty times. I just sat there and listened. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds it sounds silly, like you know, when I when I say it, I feel like, but to, like in that moment, it meant something. I'm gonna share a story on my dad uh, as a kid that basically uh, 
Um, when we were, my dad likes to have fun too on, on the farm. And there was a time whenever I was really big into sledding and, and snowboarding and all this stuff. And we went to the farm and I had my sled and I was trying to go around the farm and find some hills to, to sled on. He goes, Hey, bring that sled over here. He br- brings out these, uh, this rope and he ties it to the back of the mm-hmm. back of the tractor and ties it to the front of the sled, maybe a 40 foot rope. Then he pulls out this other big string, uh, bale and twine. He yep. put together and gives me like this handle, almost exactly like a, a snow ski type right, setup, right. like a water ski. And he goes, get setup. in, get in the sled. And I'm like, Okay, and he starts just pulling me around. Just one of those where you say, "Don't tell mom." <laughs> well, we do all this like cutting donuts yeah. out in the out in the hayfield, and Hitting frozen cow pies. Well, it was really deep that time. Gotcha. And uh, it took me through the herd of cows, like drove through it. Under so, like, I was like, and... "Oh my goodness, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. get." They're gonna Stomped trample on. me. Yeah. And uh, we finished up, and on the way home, he said, "All right." Now, all that fun, don't tell your mom we did that. <laughs> and so. you know right now she's staring at Fred. Well, she so. she ended she up coming now. down later and taking pictures once okay. we finally told right. her. But, um, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. So, you know, speaking of cows and dads, like, I guess if you were to ask me in my life, what's the one thing that drove my dad the craziest that I saw dad get mad at more than anything else in the world, it'd be cows. <laughs> yeah. And there's always this ongoing, yeah. ongoing joke uh, among farmers that nobody makes you cuss more than your cows. Right. Well, I've never heard my dad say one curse word my whole life. And still at 30, 31 years old, I still haven't. He never but I has can tell Adam. you. Never has. I can tell you that the maddest I've ever seen him was at cows. <laughs> yeah. We're and, not gonna, we're and, not going to see him on a Fairlife and, commercial and if, or anything. And if you want to see, yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you want to see him, um, if you wanted to see him downright mad at the whole family, uh, take him to let's go to the farm and move cows. When I was oh, a kid, oh yeah, oh yeah, Ooh, there, you want to talk some heated, about some heated downright? Oh yeah, absolutely. We, we always had that, and, and it was always funny because before my granddad passed, granddad again, he knew how to do it right. And by gosh, if you were doing it a little different from the way he would. He would tell you. He was not scared yeah. to tell you you were doing it wrong and you need to be yeah. over here and get out of the way or yeah. you know, something. And then it's funny because now dad, dad does the same thing, um, but it's it, there's always those heated heated debates when, when it comes to, to moving cattle or working cattle, doing something like that, or fixing fences too. My gosh. we I can't tell you how many just hours and hours and hours we'd fix fence because my yeah. granddad, he would, he would just – Piece them back patch, together. Patch, patch them up, patchwork, man. baby, patchwork. And uh, if if his fences could basically compared to a quilt, it's just all patchwork. Um, yep. So it's never done right. And and whenever whenever we got to the point of, of fixing fences for him, it'd be like forty, fifty yard stretches that you'd end up patching because you try and pick, you know from here and, and there was never enough and, and it just it never worked out so you just have to repair or, or rebuild 40 yards of fence every time there was a little hole in the gap a yeah. hole in the fence what was the number one you know with with a lot of people did you ever remember the red green show no okay red green show was about this guy who always used duct tape to fix everything oh it was baylor's twine and baylor's twine was the 100%. world's okay fence is down hey go grab a a roll of that baling twine or go grab a, 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 a roll of, there was not a vehicle or, I mean, any type of motor trans- 
transportation in my family that did not have at least a bundle of Baylor's twine in it. Yeah. I mean, it would fix anything. Or we'd think it would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my granddad wore a belt. I'm no kidding. Like, there was, he had a pair of pants that was like an over pair of pants. Um, yeah. Yeah. He just used it as a belt. Yeah. Bale and twine. When in need. Um, oh, man. What, I man, remember, I'll, I'll share one more story about, and then we'll shift into hunt, yeah. hunt stories. When I was a kid, there was two cows that were Brahma and Angus Crosses. And yeah. anybody who's ever worked cows around, I mean, I'll just speak Umbrella. in general that Brahmas are not the friendliest cows in the world. And those two cows were terrifying. I, I would have nightmares thinking about these two cows, like getting trapped in a tree and it's yeah. getting dark and everybody left me and these cows are stomping around me. Um, when they had calves, it was like, stay away from the farm. Because they're going to put you through a fence right? and try to kill you. Well, I remember when we were uh, the cabin, before it was a cabin, it was just kind of storage. And we had a whole bunch of old stuff in there. And we went in the cabin to get some uh, boards. Boards of all things. Well, this cow had a calf, saw us in the barnyard, somewhat close to the calf. And she came storming over there because by golly we had boards i guess <laughs> I, that's what i thought as a yeah. kid like why why did she not want us taking those boards <laughs> oh, uh, but uh she ran us Don't because there, there wasn't any uh there wasn't like we didn't even see the calf it was just like yeah. all of a sudden we're coming off the porch of the cabin and she's right. she's right. coming <laughs> and dad goes come on come on come on come on yeah. and it was like i mean shaking for your life. running for my life yeah. and we dive under the fence and i mean i'm like white as a ghost like we avoided death and i remember my dad was laughing i was like oh that's kind of fun it was like that oh, was oh, not fun that was crazy. terrifying yeah i had uh, there was a time and, and and i was older like i mean i was in high school yeah. and, and i hunted this this place across the road um and they had cattle and like our cattle were like we could we were walking in and around them all the time, feeding, uh, just very comfortable. You just walk up and you just pet up. Like they were just very gentle herd. Yeah. This herd completely different. Not not our cattle. They had basically another farmers. Anyhow, I start bebopping across this field, and I guess the farm hadn't been there in just a few days. Yeah. And they're hungry, and by God, they were on a mission. And I'm. Kind of like, okay, chill, fine, cows are coming. Like, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, they don't stop or slow down. Like, yeah. they continue to come at the same pace. And I'm, and I'm wearing blaze orange. And I was like, what is it? Like, is this, like, red? Is this, like, <laughs> what is the deal? Am I a bullfighter? Yeah, it, it, do, and and I, was in a, I was in a moment. I had to pretty much dodge and juke them. Like, I was like, the herd was kind of in and around me. I'm like, I got to get to that stinking gate. And I, like, sprint. I've got a rifle over my shoulder. Yeah. I take it off and I'm like, I've never been scared of cows in my life, <laughs> but right now I am terrified because I didn't like the demeanor of these cows was completely different. Yeah. They were ticked off and they were hungry. And I was like, I need to run. And so once I finally jump across this gate, I'm finally safe. And I'm like, what do I do? Because they follow me there. And it's like all these eyeballs just looking at me, surrounding me, like semi-circle. I'm like, what do I do? I can't go hunting. 
It's getting closer to dark, closer to dark. I'm like, I got to call my dad to come, like, drive the pickup. He came to the neighbor's house, drove the pickup out to the field, and basically put put the edge of the pickup, the, the back of it, um, the bed, against the fence so I could crawl back over the fence that I'd gotten safety to and jump in the back of the truck and drive off. And they were just mean, mean cows. Well, And he saved my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like your dad saved your life. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, yeah. Dad. Thanks, Dad. I remember that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Before one more thing. Yeah. And we've never done this, but I don't think so. Anyway, we might have. Um, we've done a lot of podcasts, so it's hard for me to remember. But my dad has a very specific way that, regardless, when I'm seventy <laughs> years old and I'm working cows, this is still the way I'll call the cows. Does your dad have a trademark way of calling the cows? Yeah, it was. It was a, my granddad had a a really special way, but my dad's a little bit different. Gotcha. But, I don't but know. It's, my it's grandpa pretty... Keith wasn't really. He was up in age by the time I can really remember that he wasn't. Yeah. Part of the operation. Right. Um, yeah. And, and my dad's my dad's is pretty simple. But I'm going to try to move the mic away a little bit and, yeah. and, and replicate it here. But Well, don't wake our wives up who are yeah. napping on the other side of the yeah, wall. and the baby. But um, he would just do this long, drawn-out, little bit southern drawl twang in there. Come on! <laughs> and, like, it, it was weird because, like, he'd do the come on. But then, like, he'd start in on, like, another come on, but, like, cut himself off. So it was like a come on, come on. Come on! <laughs> and I was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, it's like uh, a stutter. There, there's a language the call. to calling cows. Yeah. Oh gosh. My dad's yeah. was very like I don't even know what. Come it on! Come, <laughs> come on! <laughs> it was a little rhythmic. I yeah. Don't know. They like my it. dad's they was. They came. Let's uh, get. Come on! Come on! Scale. <laughs> Whatever that means. And I'm like, yeah. Define I think it was this, like, please. Sk- sk- there was the S at the beginning, but Kev, that's what I always thought it was. Kev, but you don't go out and like, come on, Kevs, come he on know up here. Kev starts with a, a C, <laughs> not an SK. <laughs> I don't know. But Skev. Ah. Hey, Skev. They all had like a sucker. Suck, suck, suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. And I'm sure like there's probably some regional stuff out there, but yeah. Yeah. Call it livestock. There's there's a whole nother language. That's a whole podcast. Just oh interview gosh, people. Yeah. How'd your dad call interview cows? Interview different different farmers and say, all right, call yeah. the cows. What is it? Right, right. Yeah. All right. Going to going to hunts. Oh man. Nobody I, can miss turkeys more than a dad. Oh I, yeah. Until this day too. <laughs> I know. What is too. with it? I don't what is know. With it? Sorry, I hope dad. I don't turn into that. Oh, I know. I hope I get better with age. Um, I don't know if it's an eyesight deal or what, but I'd figure it out. I, I can't stand to miss a turkey. And I love my dad Lord dearly. He taught me how to hunt turkeys. Um, yeah. But, man, I love – I almost enjoy him missing more than killing <laughs> Cause because you get to hear the I excuse. get to hear the excuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. One of my favorites was uh, one time we were hunting and uh, – he shot it. We had we were hunting on this place, and he had crawled out there, and and it got to a point where it was early in the season. They were still flocked up, so he was trying to crawl up there and get in front of them as they yeah. worked their way to him. And and my brother and I are kind of hanging back. Did I didn't he, think did I was he, old he enough to hunt yet. Calc him up, or <laughs> he coyoted him. <laughs> yeah, he coyoted him because all of a sudden we heard him shoot, and I mean at that point we're like, Dad shot turkey's dead. We come running up there. And he's got this look on his face, like just dumbfounded, just 
and and he lays his gun down and he starts doing all these like stretches and like <sighs> he's like kind of like doing these like runner Warming stretches. Up for a game. We're like, what in the world? And we're like looking around. I was like, where's the turkey? Where's the? And he's not saying anything. We're like, where's the turkey? And he's like, oh, I was sitting there too long. My legs fell asleep. I just uh, couldn't hardly get. And I'm like <laughs> trying to plug the correlation between numb legs and yeah. and affecting your aiming. And just didn't but come together. But he sat on his feet too long that when he <laughs> went to ease up to shoot. Charlie Horse. He missed, but his legs were numb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let me hear one of your Oh, deaths. gosh. So it's this is actually a most recent one. Um, <laughs> so my parents moved out to Missouri, and, and they were here for a spring, and they owned a little over 100 acres. And, and you and I both hunted that farm with my dad. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it he was. He missed that twice that spring, right? He missed, he missed twice, and then called in a bird. You were filming, called in a bird, um, pretty much right off the roost. And and I don't, I just don't know what in the heck he was thinking, but like saw the bird. I'm like, Dad, Dad, here's a bird coming up, like just coming right up over top of the ridge, and the Joker just moves like it's his first hunt, <laughs> <laughs> and like he's sitting next to me, and like. He was on the left side, and the bird was kind of coming, like, kind of splitting us. So, for a right-handed shooter, it wasn't the best position or yeah. going to be. But it's, like, kind of wide open timber. And, and he knows you can't move when turkey's coming in like that. It's going to have to be kind of a swing-and-shoot deal or wait for the bird to get behind the tree. And, and, and maybe it was for him, but I'm sitting here thinking, my dad just moved, and this turkey's now wing-flapping and turned back around going back down the ridge. I'm like, Dad. What are you doing? So it's amateur hour, right? He didn't, he didn't miss that turkey, but he missed the opportunity. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. That's that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it was like the second to last day of season. He's been in turkeys. This hundred acres had lots of birds, and he's had lots of opportunities. He just would wake up, and if it was a good goblin morning, he heard one, he'd walk off the porch and go go after him. And there's this one bird on, on the portion of the property that had just it kind of been doing the same thing all the time. Roosting down close to close to ravine, come up on the ridge, strut, 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 eventually work out to a pasture field. Yeah. And kind of tough to call in, had hens late into the season. And I said, Dad, let's just go get up early, go all the way around there, and we're just gonna just soft tree up and just shut up and just see what happens. And we knew we knew pretty much where the bird was kinda coming and doing. Um not the preferred way to kill turkeys, but at this point in the game Dad still had not killed a turkey on this property, been hunting them, and we go, we get set up, and bird gobbles on the limb, pitches down, kind of gets quiet. We're like, okay, he's probably got hens, but he's going to work his way up here. Not long into the hunt, I don't know, we've been sitting there 25, 30 minutes or so. Dad goes, oh, oh, right here, right here, right here. And here's a bird coming full strut, just boom, comes right over the ridge. Look down a little bit below him, there's a hen walking out, and they're just picking along. And um, I'm like, perfect this is like this is the way we drew it up bird gets behind a tree deck gets the gun up and as soon as it steps down i mean it's like 35 ish yards plenty plenty you know within range and the gun shoots fine he's killed turkeys with it patterns fine so yep. i'm like dead to rights great hunt great way to end the season and steps out and he didn't shoot right away i think it i think it got behind another tree and he let it get even just a touch closer it's kind of paralleling us. He steps out again from behind another tree. Boom. That bird just wheels around and just sets, locks its wings, flies, pitches across the ravine. 
And I'm like, how did you miss that? Yeah. I mean, just beautifully wide open turkey. And and he, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, you don't need to apologize. I don't yeah. care. It's just like, what is it? Go get some glasses or something. Did he ever figure out what happened? I think there was a, a – we could go see a part of a a, pa- a pattern on a small sapling, but um, that's that'd be huh. a worse excuse. I, yeah. It, it, well, I mean, the turkey was, should have been dead. It just yeah. – he just missed. And, and then, so. it's, it's funny how, like, my dad, without me or my brother there, I would say he's one of the best turkey hunters I've ever turkey hunted with because he kills a lot of birds. Yeah. But when we get there, it's <laughs> like too much pressure or too much worrying about what we're going to say yeah. to where yeah. – uh, now, I, I mean, he's killed a lot of birds with us hunting together, but at the same time, we've also missed a lot of birds too. So <laughs> I don't know which one's more. So oh man. Anyway, it's... well, hopefully, I know we got to wrap it up, but hopefully, yeah. everybody enjoys uh, and and use this week, kind of commemorate, think about some of your favorite stories with your dad. Make sure you wish him a happy dad fa- or grandpa, whoever it was happy that, that, Day. Took, that took you out. We've we've been blessed honestly to to have the dads that we've had in our lives not not everyone um can can say the same but hopefully you've had someone in your life though to uh share these times and these moments with you um so if, if so hopefully like you said this is a this is a podcast to be able to um think back on those times because man they're fun they're fun yeah. to think about and i, I would say i know you again, you'd the say the same thing them. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not, not us, <laughs> but um, thank you, Dad, for for all the lessons and everything that that you've taught along the way, um, and just not being, um, I, I guess, being relentless and just getting me, my brother, and always offering it to my sister too, just to be able to get outside um, and just spend time. And your appreciation for what it is, you you pass down to all of us, and and uh, it's been a gift that I hopefully can do the same to kids down down the road for us yep so this podcast is dedicated to fred keith and wayne die wayne die man with the legend we'll close it out calling the cows come yeah! on <laughs> <laughs>